0: Human beings believe a lot of absolute nonsense. And I don't mean the people we find ourselves judging on social media. Have you listened to yourself lately? Have you said something like, "Ugh, oh, I'm an idiot? Or, it's too late for me. I always do this. I've wasted so much time. What's the point? Hmm, Must be nice how easy it is for other people. Do you listen? We all think some variations of those sentences, and so many of us will argue vehemently for our limitations, for why we can't have what we want. And we have collected and will show everyone else all the evidence for why This sentence we've been repeating in our heads for years, it's just true. But what if you're wrong? Are you even willing to be wrong about this? Just a little bit wrong? What if you could believe something else? What if you could change your thoughts? You know you can. It's true, and it works, even when you don't fully believe it. You're listening. To Veg Your Best, the plant based podcast. My name is Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every single week asking you to eat more plants and set an impossible goal, whatever that is for you. Episode 28, believe it or not. So, veg heads, lots of questions about the last couple of episodes where we've been talking about setting an impossible goal, an unbelievable goal. And several of you have reached out and said, yes, I know what I want and I know why, but the problem, Michelle, is how? How? What if I want something that requires other people to do something or give me something or value something of mine? How do I get myself to do the things I want to do or the things I know I'm supposed to do? How? Well, the first question, if your goal primarily requires someone else to give it to you, to cooperate with you or perform in some way with you, that's very interesting. And we will talk more about that particular kind of how in the weeks ahead. Because, for example, if my goal is for someone else to perform in some way, I'm likely to never feel very safe, right? Because if they, they in air quotes, if they need to give me, I don't know, respect or validation, endorsement, money, resources, well, then presumably, They can always take it away. So if that's your how question, how do I get someone else to play along so I can have what I want? Give that a think. What do you think it is that they can actually give you? Respect? Love? Validation? Security? Because I would suggest that you will be in a much healthier, much stronger, more powerful place when you have given yourself those feelings of respect, validation, security. And it'll be a a cleaner, less fraught partnership with them when they don't have to make you feel respected, validated, and safe. And then you can just enter that partnership or the transaction or the relationship in your full power, not as a dependent. But that will be in a couple of weeks. Feel free to email me and set up a discovery call to discuss how coaching could help you with that. And remember, it's very normal to think that way. We've basically been socialized to think that way, that we need to get other people to do things. And we will discuss that further here in the near future. But the other big how question in reaching your goal is the one we're talking about today. How do I get myself to do the things I want to do, the things I know I'm supposed to do for my goal? Along the way, someone someone smart said that if all we needed was to know how, then we'd all be billionaires with perfect abs because there is so much information out there on how to do things. Information and knowing how to get our goals isn't actually what's keeping most of us from showing up in our lives and accomplishing those goals. Right, It's not that we don't know how for most of us, for most of our goals. It's that we don't know how to make ourselves do it. We don't know how to make ourselves stick with it. We don't know how to get started. We don't know how to keep going. So if it's not that we don't know how that is keeping us from our goals, from living the life we want, then what is it? Trick question, you know this by now. It's our brains. It's always our brains, right? So today we're going to talk about the think, feel, act cycle, sometimes called the model. And the model is a diagram that we haven't talked about specifically, but it was fleshed out by life coach Bruce Castillo. Bruce Castillo developed the framework of the model as a really elegant way to illustrate the process, the way the world works, or more specifically, the way we work in the world. And so what is the model? As you know, we're humans living in the world, and the way that our brain and bodies have evolved the way we work together is that the brain has a thought, and then the body produces a chemical which we call an emotion or feelings. And then those feelings fuel our actions, the way we show up in the world, whether we run or hide, whether we speak or stay silent, whether we try or whether we avoid. And then the accumulation of all the actions that we take in our lives become the results in our lives. The way we see our lives right now is the accumulation of all the actions that we've taken so far. And a lot of you will say, uh, duh, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> of course, that's how it works. You know, cognitive behavioral therapy, stoic wisdom. But the model is a very accessible, very efficient, kind of portable way of helping us check in with what's going on, especially, especially when what's going on doesn't feel great, when it doesn't feel like what we want. So life happens. That thing we talked about last week, externals, things outside our control. And then we have a thought about that external circumstance. That thought then creates a feeling. That feeling fuels the next action that we take. And then all of our actions work together to give us the results we have in our life. Thought, feeling, action, result. In a nutshell, that's the model. And the other day, my coach, Elizabeth Salazar, said a fabulous thing about the model. She said that in the before times, before she became a coach, she didn't realize that she even had Thoughts. I love that because, of course, she did. But, like most of us, like all of us sometimes, she didn't fully realize that her thoughts were only thoughts. She thought, like we all do most of the time, that her thoughts were just true. So, let's talk about weather. Maybe we can agree that weather is a circumstance, an external. But, but, even the weather is an opportunity for us to have loads of thoughts that seem very true. Good weather, bad weather. Good for what? Bad for what? Too wet to run? too hot to run, too cold to run, too windy to run, too icy to run, too dark to run. It's almost never the right weather to run outside, in my thoughts. But take a thousand of us, and some will love running in the dark, or in the winter, or in the heat. And some will just think, actually, it doesn't really matter at all. I just run in all weather. Just like the dog needs to be walked in all weather, and I go to work in all weather, Weather is weather, but many of us, most of us, do have some thoughts about it. I love my garden, and a long, dry summer has some people thrilled, but my garden, in my mind, needs regular rain, so I have thoughts about the weather. The shops and cafes in the beach town we live in pray for sunny weekends, because that brings lots of beachgoers. And they only have about six weeks to really make their money. So they have thoughts about the weather. But still, weather is just weather. Facts are facts. And we have unlimited thoughts about facts. And those thoughts are what elicit our feelings. And it's not rain that makes us upset on a wedding day. It's the thought about something being ruined or difficult or photographs not being easy to take or guests being uncomfortable. So we sometimes think that it's the fact that made us upset, but it's only, it's always the thought. Sometimes we think that our feelings come from the results we have created in our lives. For example, you take certain actions, then you get certain results, and then you get to feel something, right? Like you exercise, and then you get in shape, and then you feel better. Better about yourself. Or you study, then you get a degree, and then you feel qualified for your job. Or maybe you manage your money, which results in getting out of debt, and then you feel secure. Or you write your book, and then you feel proud of yourself. Or you get a literary agent, and you feel validated. But we all know people who have done each, maybe even all of those things, and they've not felt better, or felt qualified, or felt secure, or proud, or validated, because the feeling doesn't come from the action. You see this? I was always thinking that if you take action, then you get a result, and then you get a feeling, and that's how so many of us are trying to do everything. So if you have your impossible goal and now you're looking around at your life, your schedule, and you're noticing all the things that you aren't taking action on, the things you're not doing, or the things that you're doing but not as well as you think you should be, or the things that you're telling yourself you don't even know how to do, well, then it's not surprising if you have the thought, Okay, that's where I need to focus my attention. I need to act better. I need to behave differently. I need to be better. I need the right plan. I need the research. I need the mentor. I need to get more productive or be noticed so that I can get that different result. And then I can feel better. But the problem with this is it just isn't actually the way the world works. The world works along the think, feel, act cycle. Thought, then feeling, then action, and then results. And so, no matter how hard you try to take action, and no matter how hard I would maybe try to research the right way and find the right plan and convince the right people, no matter how hard. I could try to be different or better, no matter how many plans I made or books I read. I never really got different results in my life. This is just what we do as humans. We want to change. We want to set goals and do things differently in our life. And so we immediately think we need to go to that action line. Or we need the instructions for that action line, the how. Where is this instruction manual? Tell me, tell me how, Michelle. We try to figure out what to do differently, what to start doing. And this is so well-meaning because it always seems like our actions are the problem. And what I want you to know that it's never, ever, ever the action or the inaction that's the real problem. And if we're only working on our actions, we can't really we can't really get the leverage we need to sustain our change and persist towards our goal long enough to achieve that goal or to get the results we want. Because we end up working against our own brains. And our brains are powerful. We've talked about this, but I'm going to give you an example so you can see how this works. But I really want to draw your attention to the idea that we, all of us, are trying to take all this action in the first place because we think it's going to give us a certain result. And then we'll be able to feel a certain feeling, right? We all want to feel better in some way. Whatever we do in our lives, whatever we don't do, whatever we're doing, we're doing it because we think it will make us feel a little better or much better. We're always after a feeling, The reason we do or don't do anything is because of a thought we have about how it will make us feel. Let me say that again so that your argumentative brain can get good and exercised and start coming up with reasons why this isn't true. I've argued with it too on occasion. The reason we do or don't do anything is because of a thought we have about how it will make us feel. The first time I heard that, I was like, wait, what? I thought I thought I wasn't taking certain actions because I'm kind of weak and flawed and kind of a mediocre person, right? And I thought I wasn't taking action sometimes because I was undisciplined or a dilettante, maybe even attention deficit. And it turns out none of that is really true. The reason I wasn't taking action was because of a thought in my mind. So the reason we do what we do and the reason we don't do the things we don't do is because of a thought. Those thoughts create a feeling. Our feelings fuel our actions and the actions give us our results. And I was like, shut up. The only thing I need to take the action I want in my life is the right feeling. And that feeling is created by my thought. I didn't always believe it. And I still don't always believe it. But it keeps working. This one idea completely blew my mind and changed it forever. And I knew that I had studied Basically this same concept with the Stoics and with Zen philosophy and in modern psychology, but it never really took that order, that framework, was never really clear until I saw the model, until I heard about the model. Thought, feeling, action. So much of what I have and had accomplished had been fueled by my own feelings of being not enough, needing to be more knowledgeable, more disciplined, more responsible. And truth be told, in my case, I was actually pretty disciplined, a pretty responsible mother and wife and citizen, but I was exhausted a lot of the time and disappointed in myself. Most of the time, I kept thinking if I just did more, did it better, tried harder, had the perfect plan, maybe then I would be kinder to myself, happier with myself, more loving to myself. But when I acted from that feeling of being insufficient or mediocre, lazy, undisciplined, confused. Well, I acted in a hurry. I couldn't wait to be different. I couldn't wait to have a different result. Do you see those feelings of harsh judgment? That's not fuel that encourages you and keeps you going when things are hard. Self-condemnation doesn't fuel you to try new things and stick with them in the long run. When I learned about the model, I realized the only reason, the only reason I'm not taking action in my life is because of a feeling. So I stopped and I looked at my feelings and I realized how many of my feelings for my intellectual goals, for my relationship goals, they were fueled by a fear of embarrassment, a fear of being judged sometimes a little self-loathing and not-enoughness, some shame and guilt. What do these feelings fuel us to do? Shame makes us want to hide. Self-loathing makes us want to disappear. Fear of embarrassment, well, that doesn't make us want to show up and try a new skill. So for me, this was all incredibly Good news because I realized maybe there's nothing fundamentally wrong with me. Maybe I don't have a chip missing. Maybe I was just using the wrong feelings to accomplish what I wanted in my life. And when I realized I could do anything I wanted, I could literally accomplish anything I wanted, I could be whoever I wanted and show up however I wanted, I could simply access the right feelings to fuel my actions and this would change everything for me. And I didn't always believe it and it still worked. (laughs) So I just want to underline it for you one more time. Most of us have a thought that goes like this. We need to take action so we can get results so we can then feel better, proud, happy, successful. But what I want you to know, what shifted everything for me was figuring out, nope, let's feel better first. Let's feel proud first. Let's feel validated first. And then take action. That's when we get the results we want in our lives. We feel better, we take action, and then we get more of the results we want. And I don't know about you, but I had it backwards the whole time. So maybe you're asking, okay, well, how do I feel better first? (laughs) So it's a good question. Remember, how we feel is always, every single time, in every situation, created first by a thought. So today, I want to give you three things to think about as you go towards beginning to take action on goals in your life. Three things that might help you fuel your actions with powerful, positive feelings. So many of you have chosen the one thing in your life that you want to do, your impossible goal. And it's possible that we've been talking about the impossible goal and you'd like to maybe experiment with something else if this is sounding too unbelievable for you. So pick whatever it is, one thing that you want to start or one thing that you want to stop. One clear goal, not 10 things, not four things, not two, one clear goal that you have that you would like to accomplish in your life, that's your focus right now, constrain. And I really want you not to get in a hurry because sometimes when we figure out the key to the universe and the key to change what we want, we want to change everything right now, right away. But remember that feeling of hurry, that rush, That's only because we think we'll feel better when we change, when we accomplish that goal. But remember, our feelings, they just come from our thoughts. So we'll get there, one thing at a time. You can feel better at any time by choosing a different thought. And I know most of us are pretty wedded to those terrible thoughts we tell ourselves right but you can feel better anytime choosing a different thought so when you focus on just one goal on one thing it gives your brain this constrained workspace to experiment with this idea so if you've ever had a new year's resolution list of all the things you want to do right you want to get up early exercise create drink more water stop eating sugar cook dinner at home every night have a date night with your husband connect with your kids right we've all done that at times we have all these different areas and there are five goals in every area and sub goals and pre-categoried goals it's crazy and then we try to do all the things and by week two everyone's exhausted And not only are we exhausted because we've been fueling all of our action with desperation and hurry and other unhelpful emotions like shame and self-hatred, but also we're exhausted because it's just so much for the brain to focus on. The brain is, I think I read it the other day or I heard it was about 3% of the mass of the human body, the brain, but it uses something like 20% of the energy expenditure per day. It's an outsized drain, and we are not managing our brains. So a long list is very tempting, but it's just too much for our brains to focus on. So I want you to remember these thought patterns we have are old. They're deeply ingrained. They're fast and instinctive. And they're designed to fire automatically. These little neurons we've talked about, they fire so quickly together. And when we're trying to reprogram them to create new thoughts, it takes effort and thought and deliberateness. And it's really, really hard to apply all that effort and thought and deliberateness to 20 different areas in our life. Too much. Too much. Remember... A while back on an earlier episode, we talked about reprogramming our brains and the neural pathway. It's like cutting a new path through an overgrown, vacant lot. It's rough and slow at first, but if we keep going back along the path, it gets smoother and clearer and it's a little faster to move along until after a while we can cross it almost like a superhighway. There's nothing in the way anymore. Our brain is filled with all these different superhighways where the neurons just fire together so quickly. And when we say, okay, we're going to reprogram this, I'm going to think a different thought. It's like getting off the superhighway and then hacking your way through that vacant lot with one of those scythes or a big knife. It takes time. It takes time to build those connections between the neurons. You're creating a whole new path to think, and that takes energy. So it's really helpful if you can constrain it down to focusing on one thought or one goal at a time. So I encourage you, find that thing. And the great part about choosing the one thing is that we're learning a skill that you can use in any area of your life. But at this moment, if you're not quite believing that you can change your thoughts and change your emotions and then change your actions, and that will change your results, choose one thing. So I just want you to know that you don't have to be in a hurry. You can right now, today, this minute, feel good about yourself without needing any kind of complete makeover. You can feel good about yourself without changing anything. I know part of you is saying, no way, that's not possible. I know it sounds crazy, but that's the first thing. Pick one thing and let's try it. All right? So number two, you want to start by considering your goal. What was it you want to accomplish? And then asking yourself, how am I going to feel when I have accomplished this? Is it a habit you want to start or is it a habit you want to stop? How are you going to feel when you are consistently doing your habit, right? Or how will it feel when you're no longer doing the habit you'd like to weed out? So in other words, you're going to fill in the blank. I want to accomplish this because then I will feel blank, What is that blank? I want you to find out what that feeling is for you. When you accomplish your goal, what do you get to feel then? So for me, when I wanted to stop eating animal products, I wanted to do it because I had a lot of different thoughts. I thought I'd feel like a good citizen. I thought I would feel healthy. I thought I'd feel proud of myself. I also had thoughts that it would be impossible, impossible for me. Thinking it's impossible to move towards a vegan diet, well, that was not a thought that was going to accomplish much. I thought I had to take action to get a result in order to feel proud or healthy or confident. But actually, it wasn't true. Our thoughts create our feelings. It's never our result. That is creating the feeling. So that means that these feelings of pride or health, confidence, always available to me through my thoughts. And they don't have anything to do with my results. They are always available to me right now. And not only only are they available to me, they are actually the only way to reach my goal. I have to feel some pride and some health and some competence in order to take the actions, the massive action that I'm going to need in order to reach that goal. And that's why I always say that I thought it was impossible for me to go vegan until I decided to stop thinking that thought. Instead of looking for all the evidence that it was impossible, I decided to play around with the thought that, I don't know, it must be possible because plenty of people are vegan. Plenty of athletes are vegan. Plenty of people who travel and have families and like to go out with their families to eat, they're vegan. Those thoughts, bit by bit, allowed me to feel that it was possible for me. The thought that it could be possible encouraged me to surround myself with vegan information and to listen to podcasts with vegan and plant-based mentors. And I just started to wiggle open a space in the same area that said it was impossible. But right next to it, I allowed myself to think, hmm, other people have done it. It's possible to have the same obstacles and go vegan. And that thought allowed me to feel possibility. It allowed me to feel curiosity. It allowed me to feel openness. Possibility, curiosity, openness are all feelings that helped me learn how to order in a restaurant how to eat, how to avoid animal products, how to enjoy plant-based foods, how to have sometimes slightly uncomfortable conversations. Possibility, curiosity, openness, enjoyment. Those feelings allowed me to make new choices and to take different actions. Now these are the feelings that I started with and I want you to know that the feelings you need to accomplish your goal will be probably a little different and they may change along the way. You'll just have to adjust and reevaluate if your feelings are still creating the actions that you want. I have a little example. I talked to a client last week who had an incredible goal, right? And she said, I feel so excited about it, but I know after a few weeks... After a few weeks of setting a new goal, my excitement wears off and I lose that excitement and then apathy kicks in and I wonder if I chose the right goal and I talk myself out of it, right? This happens to a lot of you, all of us. So for my client, she wants to pursue this goal and she thinks that when she accomplishes it, she's going to feel validated and successful, So now if she wants to feel excited all the way through to the goal, well, she absolutely can because the feeling of excited on the way to validated and successful is always created just by her thoughts. But excitement might not really be the most useful emotion in the middle on the way towards the goal. It might take an incredible amount of thought work to get excited every single day, right? So instead, I asked her what other feelings could produce the actions you want along the way. If you couldn't access excitement, what other feelings could fuel you along the way to this impossible goal? And the feeling that she came up with was committed. Committed, it's a feeling. She can feel committed rather than excited. And it might serve her better along the way to the goal because committed is a feeling that allows you to act even when you don't really feel like acting, when you don't really feel all that excited. So, for example, many of us remember that when you're welcoming your first child into the world, it's very exciting, right? There's a lot of excitement. But it's not excitement that keeps you caring for that child, and raising that baby and changing diapers and waking up at night and figuring out all the details and actions that when I look back at now seem completely impossible. That's because commitment replaces excitement. Commitment is a feeling that can serve my client for the long run. And so then we started working on thoughts that could create commitment for her. So think about the feeling you think you'll have when you're all done with your goal and you start there. So my client started with excited, right? And she thought thoughts that produced excitement for her. And then, along the way, she can move to another emotion that will serve better as she works on the day-by-day part of the goal. Again, by asking herself, how do I want to feel about this goal? Yes, it's hard, but I want to feel committed to accomplishing it. So she doesn't just have to be excited. She can be committed. So I really encourage you to start with asking yourself, okay? Asking yourself how will I feel? How do I think I'll feel when I do this thing? And then when you identify that emotion and recognize that you actually legally are allowed to feel that emotion any time you want. Did you know that? You can feel it right now by asking yourself, "Hmm, what do I need to think to feel that way right now? What do I need to believe about myself to feel like that right now? That is the thought that will create the emotional fuel for all your action. And it's okay that you don't believe me. Even today, I sometimes don't believe it. I've told you how I end up putting off finalizing this podcast every week. Every week, I think I need one more day to really do a good job or I think I want to read what emails I'm getting from the listeners before I decide the topic. Or I think, "Ugh, oh, I'm meeting with so-and-so tomorrow. She always inspires me. Maybe I'll wait until after that conversation. So when I'm thinking those thoughts, I feel unready, unsure, ambivalent. And those feelings, my friends, the feelings of unready, unsure, and ambivalent, They are not the feelings that get my podcast organized and recorded. The feelings that get my podcast recorded and sent to Charlie, my wonderful sound guy, are ready, not unready, certain, not unsure or ambivalent, and committed. Committed to sharing some of these tools and ideas with you, my listeners, so that you can use them today. You can start using them as you move towards Whatever goal, your vegan lifestyle, or as you create your new career, or develop a side gig, or build a thriving family or community. So remember, as you go to work on accomplishing things in your life, it's our brain's job to resist that change. It hasn't been reprogrammed yet. We've talked about this a lot right from the first episode. Our brain will offer resistance and I'm asking you to join the anti-resistance. For every one of us, no matter what emotion is fueling our action, no matter what feeling is there, there comes the moment of doing. And when we arrive there, our primitive brain, our lower brain, our human brain is always going to offer us another thought because maybe it would feel better, an alternative thought, a thought that requires less energy that maybe has less pain and effort involved, maybe more pleasure. So it's podcast record day. I'm committed. I want to share some tools with you, but maybe my lower primitive brain says, are you sure? Don't you want to wait and see if anyone else emails you about the last episode? Might be better if you waited. And this is a good one. I get this one a lot. Remember that time you were really glad you waited? if I let it, my lower brain just keeps going on and on and on with all the reasons why I shouldn't do the thing that I've committed to doing. This doesn't mean I'm flawed. It means I'm human. I'm having a human experience with a human brain. Our lower brain never wants to do what it's supposed to do on the time frame that we've planned. It hates being told what to do. This doesn't mean anything's wrong with you or me when your brain offers you an excuse or a reason not to do it. It doesn't mean anything's wrong. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean that you don't have what it takes. It doesn't mean that you're inconsistent or you've missed out or it's too late for you or that you've wasted too much time. It means you're here. You're human. Just know your lower brain's never going to want to follow the plan. doesn't matter how great a plan you find. You're going to manage those thoughts and do it anyway. And you have that power, whether you believe it or not. You have the power to redirect your thoughts, the capacity to manage your brain. And it's only because our brain doesn't like to be told what to do. It wants to think it's in charge, but it's not. It's not. And the more that you practice training it, practice showing your brain that you're the boss, we do it anyway, fueled by positive thoughts that create positive action, that's the key to the universe. And just because it doesn't always work doesn't mean it isn't true. Choose one thing you want to start doing or stop doing and then think, hmm, How am I going to feel when I do this? What do I need to think to feel that right now? And then just remember that when it comes time to do it and your brain offers you its natural resistance, there's nothing wrong. It's just doing its job, your brain. And you can still go ahead and go to work and practice thinking the new thought and feeling the emotion that you want. You can take any action in your life if you remember that the feeling needs to come first and every feeling is created by that thought. Your whole life, whatever action you're taking or not taking, it's only because of a thought you are having. How many times am I going to repeat this for you? The most amazing part of it is you can manage and redirect your thoughts anytime you want. For example, when I think that it's asking too much to keep asking you every week to leave me a review on iTunes, I feel kind of needy and cringy and embarrassed, and then I don't do it. And the result is not too many new reviews on iTunes for weeks. But if I think my listeners would probably like to support me, I feel grateful and worthy, and then I take the actions of saying how much it helps the podcast get listeners If you leave a review, we'll talk much more about this. In fact, it's really all I ever talk about. We have thoughts that create our feelings, which fuel the actions we take in the world. And those actions are what create the results we have in our lives. It's okay if you don't believe it. Even today, sometimes I don't either. And luckily, it works, whether I believe it or not. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Wineshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience so until next week make it easy and veg your best